Good afternoon and welcome to another Youth-Centered Podcast. I'm happy today to have a good friend of mine and someone that I've worked many, many years with, uh, North End of the Middle School uh, Assistant Principal, Cheryl Romano. Cheryl, thanks for coming on the uh, podcast. Thanks for having me, Rick. I'm happy to be here. Cheryl, you and I have been working, what year did you come at North Andover? 1995. 1995. So we've been together uh, for almost 25 years. Um, and you've had a number of different positions at the middle school. But take us through, for people that don't know your, your history and even some of the jobs you held at the middle school, where did you start in the education field? And take us through that. So I'm actually a transplanted New Yorker, and I started my career in the New York elementary schools. Um, as a special education teacher, and I traveled through the system to high school, eventually ending up in Boston in an alternative school. And um, after a few there, few years there, I saw a position that was open at North Andover Middle School. I did not know much about North Andover, but I decided to take the ride up and interview for the position uh, as a special education teacher. And I did land the position. And I wound up um, never leaving North Andover. I loved the community. I wound up buying a house and living in town. Uh, and I am now the assistant principal. And as you said, we've worked together for a really long time there. Yeah, we first started out working together with a, a great program. I don't even know if it still exists at the middle school, but peer mediation, where we did a lot of great work with training kids and then having them help uh, with some, um, obviously, some adult leadership uh, to help solve some of their problems. Does that problem that still was exist? A, that was a great program. We did a lot of conflict resolution, teaching students to communicate with each other in a respectful way to resolve their issues. Unfortunately, we don't have that program anymore, um, but it was great and certainly I would love to put something like that in place again. Possibly next year we have the potential to begin something like that and take it in a different direction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cheryl, speaking to maybe our listeners that are going to have their first, their oldest child come into the middle school next year, what should a parent expect for their child for the next three years? And maybe some of the issues or some of the uh, things that parents need to actually know of what the, we often talk about the middle school is just a real difficult time for a lot of things. Kids are growing into their bodies. They're maturing. Uh, there's so many things going on that we're going to talk about a little bit later as far as challenges for uh, the middle school. But take us for, uh, for maybe that new parent. What should they expect the next three years? Um, I would say that it's a confusing time for parents and for children. Um, kids are growing, they're testing their limits, they may be more distant from their parents, they're starting to test their own wings. Parents often feel left out of situations and problems that their kids may be having that they used to be so involved with. Um, their kids may start to experiment with different friendship groups. Um, the biggest issue for a sixth grader coming into middle school at this point, I, I feel, is social media and wanting to have a cell phone and being included in that social connection through cell phone rather than face-to-face. Although parents get very worried about the academics, sixth grade is a wonderful time for students to come in, um, get accustomed to the middle school curriculum and changing classes. Teachers are very supportive. 
They build in time for um, their students to organize themselves. Uh, it's a it's a pretty good year, and parents breathe a sigh of relief at the end of the first trimester. The other big problem that um, students and parents get so anxious about is the actual cafeteria, and how is my child going to navigate the lunchroom, and who will they sit with, and um, what if there isn't enough room at their table? So we help navigate all that. So, and we try to be proactive about anticipating whatever problems they may experience. Homework load is pretty light, uh, so that doesn't tend to be an issue. Honestly, it's more about the social connection that kids make, um, building confidence for them, um, participating in new activities that maybe they haven't tried before. It's a great door that's opening up for them, and um, my advice to parents would be just to be very aware of what's going on, even when your child may be kind of saying, as mine did, I've got this mom, don't get involved. Always try to be involved. Sure. Don't let them push you too far out. We see a lot of the sem similar when the uh, sixth graders first come here to the youth center, but it is uh, it is an exciting year for them. and. Um, if they have a bit of anxiety, it will uh, it will soothe out as the year goes along. You have been a middle school assistant principal for a number of years now, and you're the longest uh, standing one. Oh, and yeah. I think you've actually had four male counterparts, and yes, the most I recently have. is Steve Wrigley. Yeah. Uh, the assistant principal's job at the middle school, I think, is a, a very it's a great job. I think it's very um, taxing. It's you're always running around in a different direction. There's not an average day for you, but Take us through maybe what a what a day in the life of Shara Romando is like. Uh, it, it's never boring, and every day is different, as you said, Rick. Um, I wear many different hats, and it may start with me running into the office to help with the ISS for teachers who are out, and we may need to fill those positions. I may get called down to the buses because a bus driver has a student issue on the bus. I will be down in the cafeteria era where kids unload from buses and hang out until it's time for homeroom. Um, I try to get into classrooms as much as possible depending on how many drop-ins I have in my office. Um, we'll kind of determine how often I can get into classrooms and work with kids and teachers and um, lunch duty, um, interfacing with parents either by phone or at meetings and that could be Parents call up, want to have a conversation about uh, progress, want to have a conversation about social situations going on. Um, it's just whatever flies my way that day, I try to deal with as quickly as possible and um, mostly just helping everybody feel more comfortable, um, whatever that situation is. Yeah, somebody who's in that building a lot. I mean, it's incredible the work that both you and Steve do. It's uh, it is an extremely tough job, and you're dragged in nine thousand directions, and, and both of you do it with a lot of passion, which is very impressive to me. You and I talk often uh, about the changing and evolving middle school student. Um, you know, when I started here in 1988, my my perspective of what the community was both from everything from economics to race. Um, how have we seen the demographics kind of change through your period of time here at the middle school? Well when I arrived in 1995 I felt like we were a pretty small town, um, pretty insulated provincial white middle class town. Now I see a more uh, 
liberal to some point on some levels, uh, more diverse population of students, more uh, differences in socioeconomics, um, just a richer environment um, where we are, we are a microcosm of our society and it's reflected in our schools. No, absolutely. In your 25 years, um, we have seen, obviously, kids evolve. You touched a little bit on it, just, just from a technological standpoint of how things are different. Um, things have changed, but things have also stayed the same. Can you touch a little bit about what maybe some of those changes are and then how basically being a middle school change is not very different than it maybe have been 25 years ago? Um, the different, the big difference for the big difference for our students in middle school. Again, I'm going back to this social media and the technology. Unfortunately, I think that our middle school students are exposed to way too much. They're developmentally uh, much too young to handle the things that they're exposed to through social media, and it has an impact on them because they are still children. Um, and Sometimes I just cannot believe that these 11, 12, and 13-year-olds are as sophisticated as they are um, with technology and what they can access on technology. So that is the biggest difference between now and 20 years ago, unfortunately. Um, we can't put the genie back in the bottle, so it's up to us to figure out how best to help them navigate this technology and social media. And I don't know that we have many answers for that. We have some, uh, which involves education, but um, we definitely need to do more work with parents and with uh, the resource officer in our school, as well as with the North Andover Youth Center, and figure it out. You and I, along with uh, my support services coordinator, Laura Stevens, work on a number of social and emotional learning issues almost on a daily basis throughout the school year. And Yes, we are going to get through the rest of the school year. We got a couple of weeks left, but um, some some really great things have happened this year. The um, Jen Price and the school committee, along with Andrew Mailer and the board of selectmen, um, have agreed and signed a memorandum of understanding, which kind of uh, formalizes the long-term relationship that we've always had between the school department and. Uh, the youth center. Um, and with a lot of the number of the social-emotional learning issues that are coming, how has that changed? What are some of the issues we may be dealing with besides maybe the social media stuff that you're talking about? Um, and, you know, get a, talk a little bit about some real exciting ideas that the school department is starting to implement at the middle school um, and possibly some new things are going to be happening the next year there. Hmm. So as far as social-emotional learning, we're very excited that next year we will have a Tier 2 program for students who are, in the past, would fall through the cracks. Students who maybe have high anxiety, students who um, are maybe coming back from an, a hospitalization, partial hospitalization, students who just are struggling and can't really come to terms with whatever it is they're struggling with, whether it be home life or gender issues or depression. Um, so fortunately this year with the help of Laura Stevens from the Youth Center and some help from uh, a consultant from the high school, we were able to run a pilot program for some students um, where we were involved in a business and these students were able to actually create a business, figure out what they needed uh, to sell a certain product um, sell a product, make some money, 
set a goal and then donate parts of their profits to a charity. Uh, it makes them feel good. It helps them to feel productive about the work that they're doing. It's something that is positive rather than maybe struggling in school and feeling negative about grades. This is something to look forward to. It connects them to their adult mentors who are running the program. Um, very exciting. We're also, we've been running girls groups, which is always good because we want to keep our kids as connected as possible to at least one adult who they can feel comfortable enough to talk to if they are struggling with anything. Um, the other program that we have in place right now was a cooking program that Laura was instrumental in uh, piloting this year with Pete Kincannon. Um, the kids were able to make food in our cooking room and have a lunch and just feel good about something they produced where they were independently cooking and some of these kids don't ever cook at home so for them it was some a real feel-good portion of their day where they could feel good about it eat lunch and then go back and say to all their friends you know what I did today or go home and say to their mom you know I cooked something today just a great positive part of their day yeah I think it was great having uh, obviously Laura as part of her job here working with the middle school and then obviously my uh, I'm a big fan of Pekin Cannon. Uh, we did not reinvent the wheel. Some of the stuff that we uh, implemented this year were things that have been done being done on a very successful basis for many years at the high school. Um, and it's great to see that the middle school started to get some of these programs um, and looking forward to some of the things that they'll offer in, in the future in that area. In terms of guidance in general, and the guidance staff had the pleasure of working uh, very closely with the middle school guidance staff for my entire 30 years here, and we have three strong guidance counselors, and maybe you can talk a little bit about them. But um, how, how has the guidance counselor's job evolved in the last 25 years that you've been there? I don't think we have any harder working people in our building than the guidance counselors. They also wear many hats, and I think that as far as their positions go, um, in simpler times, their jobs were simpler. And now, uh, dealing with students who do have so many more struggles and pressures due to the number of obligations they have, both in and out of school, um, mental health issues that surface, Guidance counselors are dealing with it all. They interface with the students, with their parents, with trying to provide more support, um, provide resources for students, uh, boost kids up. They visit homes if students are having trouble getting into school. Um, as far as transition time, they go down to the elementary schools, they visit with the high schools, uh, work with placing students on appropriate teams year to year work on making sure that students feel socially okay and that nobody is feeling isolated and alone. Uh, it's a big job, big job for a big student caseload. We have over 1,200 students in the school and we have three guidance Three guidance counselors. Um, obviously, I get to work very closely with the middle school guidance counselors as well as the high school, but we also have some great guidance counselors at the elementary school, and um, it's great to see the passion that they all have, and uh, I think that the, the guidance position will continue to evolve. Uh, you know I believe in relationship building as the basis to building any success with kids. Uh, your thoughts on that and maybe some of the examples that you've had over your 25 years that relationship building has been maybe the key for a kid being successful. Mm. 
Um, you know that you and I are on the same page with that, Rick, and um, ever since I started working in North Andover, um, that has been a constant theme throughout. Uh, I give Joan McQuaid, our principal, a lot of credit, too, for supporting that and that uh, making a connection motivates a student to want to do better, uh, provides that encouragement that a student may need to come to school. Um, provides that trust that a student may come to you if they need help with something. Um, over the years, I tell teachers all the time, you know, certainly we have behaviors and it's always the first question is, what's going on with that kid? Can we figure that out? How can we reach that child? How can we talk to that child to get them back on track or get them motivated? Um, can we reach them a different way? What are their interests? Is there a way to just connect them with somebody who could um, possibly reach them through a sports activity or through a hobby or just through conversation to get to know a kid? I think that's key in any kind of success with a student. Get to know that child and um, they'll tell you many things and they will tell you what they need in order to help them succeed. Absolutely. Um, we're spending a lot of time on a lot of the social-emotional stuff that we talk about on a regular basis, but NAMS also has a number of other great things going on. Um, your chorus in particular, I follow a lot of the, the social media sites. Um, what are some other things that are going on in terms of clubs, exciting leadership type things that middle school kids can get involved in or are involved in? So you're right. I, we have a full year chorus. We have a trimester chorus. We have a um, after hours chorus. They're going to sing uh, at Fenway next week. Uh, the music department is a great avenue for students who may not be interested in sports. We have a robotics club that went to the nationals. Um, we have, during the year, we have some after hours programs where teachers volunteer uh, to teach some kind of hobby that they're interested in and students are welcome to come after school. They join for free and just spend time connecting with peers who have similar hobbies and also with an adult. Um, of course, we have some after-school booster club sports, but that's not actually run in the school. We have student leadership club, which is run for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. They take on uh, different levels. Some of them take on charity work. Some of them take on volunteer work, uh, open to every student. Every grade level has a adult mentor who runs it. It's always student-centered and it involves all students being engaged in doing something to either better the community, better the middle school, or just pass on something good. That's true. And all good stuff that, um, you know, once people get to the middle school and kids, and I know you guys do a great job um, with the kids moving up to the middle school to make them aware of all the, the great things that are happening at the middle school. So a lot of things are dictated, obviously, by staffing and funding. Um, say we didn't have uh, some of those questions. Uh, they were all answered and you had the ability to maybe start some other programs or areas that you'd like to continue at the middle school? What are some things that we may need to continue to do that may be lacking? That's a good question. I would like to see students more involved in community service. 
um, outside our building. I'd like to see students more engaged with each other in this community service so it's less time in isolation at home or on their phones and more time together setting a goal and reaching that goal, whatever it may be. Uh, one winter, I think two or three winters ago, I had a woman call me up out of the blue and just ask if I had any students who would be interested in shoveling snow for her and her neighbor. And, you know, I, I thought, wow, what a missed opportunity for our students if we could get more going in that way. Think outside the box, um, think about others in your community, and feel good because you're doing something for somebody else. Yeah, community service is so huge for us, and I, I think you know this, but um, we both run for both girls and boys. We run um, some community service programs here at the Youth Center. We just started our first boys one, which was called Next Man Up, um, along with Demi running a lot of our step-up groups, which is a lot of middle school girls, sixth, sixth grade through eighth grade, and they've taken out of the community, doing different community service projects. Um, and it's been pretty amazing. And the thing that I'm impressed with is how many kids love mm -hmm. to do community service. Yeah. I've never had a kid, um, except the kid who had to come through the court to do community service. I've never had a kid that didn't say, hey, I really liked doing that. And what they get out of that is great. Um, the collaboration that with all the organizations we work with has been great. And I like to get the kids out of North Andover, and a lot of our community service projects are actually out of here, um, whether it's Karunam or Neighbors in Need in Lawrence or, or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I would actually like to see community service being a mandated thing. I, I know we're doing a little bit of that at the high school now, and it'd be great if we could do the middle school. Um, you and I talk, and obviously we've worked very closely together, um, and not a, not a shameless plug for the Youth Center, but uh, what's the connection of the Youth Center been for you as an assistant principal? Um, I think we've had a great relationship. You have take on that. I, I feel like having a Youth Center in town is such a special gift. Um, it provides the kids a place to go after school. It kind of extends the day for them where they can continue to socialize and burn off energy with adults who care about them, who can offer them other opportunities when school's closed, in addition to summer activities and the excellent resources that you have in your staff. You know, I'm so lucky that I have Youth Center staff, such as Laura Stevens, working with us at the school this year. Um, I know that the Students love going to the middle school um, dances that are run by you at the youth center. Uh, so for me, I know when the school doors close, it's always such a good feeling for me to know that, wow, my students can now go to the youth center and continue their day there. Absolutely. I mean, the collaboration between um, our center here and the, and the school system has has been going on since the beginning, and I think that we're a model for, for organizations through the state that uh, they really should not be a separate entity. They should work with the school system and vice versa, and we've been able to, to do that, and we look forward to that continuing. Uh, this summer, we welcome a new principal with retiring of, of Joan McQuaid, who's been our longtime middle school principal. Um, a few comments from you maybe on Joan's legacy, and uh, what, do, what do you think we might see with our new principal? Well, I've worked with Joan a long time, 14 years, and I would say uh, Joan's theme has always been, and the question she always asks is, what's best for kids? If you always lead with that, 
um, you'll always be okay, your intentions will always be in the right place. So I think that's her legacy. Um, that's what I try to lead with. I think that our new principal, George, um, I've only met him a few times. He passed a lot of uh, intensive interviews, um, has a similar feeling as far as what's best for kids. He's a hands-on kind of guy. He's going to jump right in, get to know all the kids. In fact, he did say to me he's going to learn all the names before school starts, so he took a couple yearbooks with him. Um, a lot of high energy. Um, he has a lot of good ideas. He will be able to look at our school and look at things a little differently because it's always good to have a new set of eyes. Um, when you're in a position for a long time, you don't always see how things can be modified or changed or revised and just breathe new life into certain situations. So I'm excited to work with him and I can't wait to see what he brings to the table. I've heard some great things. Haven't had the opportunity to meet him yet, but uh, starting July 1, I'll probably be one of his first visitors to come down and, and make sure that uh, he knows the great relationship, obviously, that we have between the both of us. You are an original New York girl, uh, but both of you, both of us, uh, share a great love for uh, Bruce Springsteen, and we talk about it often. You just... Uh, you just got me interested in a new Bruce Springsteen cover band that I have to see that you've just mm -hmm. seen. Um, real quick, how has Bruce influenced your, your work or in your life over the years? I think Bruce has more impacted my life uh, than my work. But for me, I, I go back to his Glory Days song and I just think about how quickly life flies by. And these are the best days and you have to live every moment like you are enjoying it and being the best person you can be which is what I try to incorporate into my job every day and treat people well and just do the best job you can do every day and go to bed without any regrets because this is these are the best of times doesn't get any better and you have to look at life through a positive lens and be resilient um, otherwise life can knock you down and I think that's something else that I try to uh, in part to my students is that we have to learn to be resilient, how to deal with issues, um, problem solve, we can make things better, but you have to work at it, you have to communicate. Very well said. I think uh, Bruce would have been very impressed with your answer <laughs> on that. Uh, you and I joke uh, we will be retiring at some point, not right away. We still got a lot of unfinished business here. True, um, true. We have talked in the past of both when we retire that we're going to uh, start that school on Penakees Island and uh, take some of our most challenging kids and uh, as the last chapter of our lives, yeah, try to make a difference true. with kids. But... Um, what does the future hold for Cheryl Romano, North End of the Middle School Assistant Principal? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I have, when I eventually do retire, I plan to continue working on some level with um, either young adults or teenagers and volunteering or possibly part-time work. Um, just making the community better, whether that means community service, whether it means working for Habitat for Humanity, I'm not quite sure yet, but um, time will tell. I'm hoping to get some kind of sign that will lead me in the direction when it's time. Well, like me, I know that you're not going to retire and sit on a couch somewhere. That's you're going to sure. be going on to something else. Uh, Cheryl, we always give our guests what we call the final word. Um, 
the final word I'd like to ask you is what do you say to all the parents um, of either maybe past middle school students or the ones coming in? Just maybe a final thought to the parents. I think my final thought is never feel like you're in it alone. Um, you always have people you can turn to if you need support or if you have questions. Uh, we are a team. I like to consider every parent who walks through the middle school with a child, um, having being a team member and being part of a team. Um, and I say for every outgoing parent, uh, it may have been a tough ride, but hang in there and high school gets somewhat easier as long as you hold on for the ride and help them through it. Very true. Cheryl, thanks for coming on our podcast this week. Thank you for having me, Rick. Uh, next week, uh, we're not 100% sure who we're going to have. We have uh, a number of different people that have reached out to us. we got some crazy schedules as we, as we wind down the school year, but we will be back next week. Um, as always, we thank NACAM for helping us establish this podcast. I'm happy to announce that 8th grader, North Andover Middle School 8th grader, Ty Mullen, will be taking over the role as producer and engineer of this show starting next week. So I'm excited to have Ty... Um, do a lot more of the technology stuff that I have to do myself here. So welcome, Ty. And as we always finish our podcast saying, too much passion is not enough passion.